Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 111 of the Savage and Cry Sports podcast here for you on another Wednesday night, 7.21 p.m. Uh, it's all football all the time again, much like last week, but uh, some updates and some updates we did not expect in a lot of different ways, whether that whether you're talking about the Patriots or, you know, Monday night football or a litany of other games. There was a lot going on, a lot of wacky stuff. Um, throughout week one but uh, before we get to moments of the week which will feature football uh, in full Ryan how are we doing tonight not bad glad we're back talking about football I mean I can't think of a crazier week than we had in week one where it seemed like every game was either super close down to the wire or like we had to sit through being Patriots fans a complete blowout where the opposing team that ended up losing wasn't even close Um, but just obviously good to have football back and a lot to talk about uh, as you mentioned and the well awaited and always well-received return of studs and does, which we always love doing. Oh yeah, of course. Um, Want to know what was it? Well, it wasn't one way, but not in another, the awaited return of Seattle Seahawks, former quarterback, Russell Wilson, because he mm-hmm. got booed a lot. Um, I couldn't believe that. You, like Any thoughts on that? Them decided to boo him. It's not like the guy, like just up and left them. Like maybe you can make, make that argument, but like I found it a little weird that they decided to boom running onto the field. I get it more so with time because I feel like more and more there are like rumblings about whether it's like the past year, the last like two to three, he's been like behind the scenes talking to whoever, like wanting to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We're not gonna go into all the details, but 
I kind of get it from that perspective. Like, if he really wanted out, they're kind of mad at him for that. But, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with them, so you think, like, you know, maybe they'd cut him some slack because, you think, you know, yeah. sometimes it takes franchises a very long time to even win one Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, ever, every however so many years or sometimes for the first time ever. Um, but, yeah, he was, uh, he was not welcomed back to Seattle. And, uh, well, he lost. So that was goofy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to segue us into moments of the week because, I mean, this was such a strange game. Broncos, clearly the better team on paper coming in. They're moving the ball pretty well for, like, 90% of the game anywhere outside of the red zone. Even though, like, you could tell Seattle was fired up. Like, people mm-hmm. were, like their defense was flying around, like, playing fast. Like, maybe oh, some of these guys aren't huge, uh, huge fans of Russell Wilson. Who knows? And they, they looked good. Like, they mm-hmm. looked better than I expected them to be for sure. But it was so weird how dysfunctional the Broncos were in the red zone. And, like, you know, they put up 16 points. But, like, you got to consider the biggest play of the game was a 70-yard touchdown. So it wasn't a red zone score from Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. And when they needed it to work, it didn't work like fumbles like there was I feel like there was like there was like five fumbles in like less than a quarter of play or something like there were just fumble after fumble um on both sides it was just such a chaotic game and you have Charles Cross on one side playing really well like protecting Geno Smith like they're like a new look offensive line looking pretty good that kind of fell apart once Bradley Chubb got going later in the game and it was just such a weird game how it should have been way more lopsided. Like if the, if the Broncos were better in the red zone, like this game probably ends like a 14 to 20 point victory for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They run away with it and they just couldn't figure it out. And it's so bizarre because, you know, he's a first time head coach, but Nathaniel Hackett was largely responsible in part for Aaron Rodgers success over the past few years. We know how good Aaron Rodgers is. Mm-hmm. And he just can't figure it out. Like, I know it's his first game, like I said, but he can't figure things out. It was just so bizarre. It was such a bizarre game. I thought Denver was going to walk in and beat them comfortably, and that was not the case. Oh, that's probably what Denver thought, too. That's why it looked at times so shaky and like a team that is going to have to go through some growing pains. Obviously, like you said, new quarterback and everything. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into it in a second, just the end of the game, how, again, do you give the guy a little bit, cut him a little bit of uh, slack first year head coach with the decision-making at the end of the game, kicking the field goal? I don't like, I have more and more people are starting to talk about it. Like you have three timeouts. It was what a minute and a half left almost. And you don't burn any of them. And then to burn the timeouts afterwards, just to, out of spite, I feel like it was counting down with what have, what he waste all three of his timeouts with like 30 seconds left or something stupid. Um, so, yeah, just a weird game overall. I mean, I think you can make the case Geno Smith may have sold his soul to the devil to win that game because of how good he looked. Um, but I feel like it was one of those things where, like you mentioned, Denver is a team that probably should have won that much better on paper, and they probably went into that game thinking that. And Seattle, you know, Pete Carroll, as good as a coach as he is, was probably sitting there going, this is our Super Bowl week one. You know, our former guy's coming in here. Let's show them that maybe we're not as bad as you and I and maybe the rest of the country pick Seattle to be this season because it was – it was a surprise how well the Seahawks played and how good Geno Smith looked. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, Geno Smith, not known for being the most, like, consistently awesome QB, has had some turmoil in his career, too, mm-hmm. um, off the field and with the whole thing 
when he got his jaw broken by one of his former teammates. Yep. And now I found out in the head. Uh, listening to part of my take today is in real estate. So he's not even playing football anymore. Okay. The guy that broke his jaw. Um, it was just so like the game made no sense because Geo Smith was connecting. And one of the weird things to me too, is like he was connecting with DK Metcalf a lot, but I feel like DJ DK Metcalf finished like seven catches for 42 yards. So like, mm-hmm. that's going to be Nothing fun crazy. Yeah. Getting the ball a lot, but if he's having like seven for seven for like 47 for 60, it's going to be a frustrating year. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, as you speak to Geno Smith, you got to give him credit. Like, I absolutely. was not absolutely not expecting that. If you bet against the spread, I think he's like nine and zero in his last games against his last nine games as a starter against the spread. So if you're you're a betting man or woman, bet <laughs> bet for the Gino Seahawks. Smith, I guess, yeah. Um, I really haven't even wrapped my head around this game completely though, but. I mean, I mentioned Charles Cross earlier. He looked really good. Um, uh, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to watch the game. One of the top uh, prospects in this year's draft um, looked really good until about well, like started faltering in the third quarter a little bit when Bradley Chubb got going. But heavily regarded as one of the better, if not the best, uh, pass pass protecting offensive linemen in the draft this year looked really good. Um, and yeah, Seattle surprised people. Surprised me. Um, and huge reason they pulled it off is because of Nathaniel Hackett. It's just so crazy. I can't, I can't cut him any slack. Mm-hmm. It was so bizarre to see him hold on to his timeouts for way too long, with like 20 seconds left. He had like three timeouts. That's just, you should never be in that scenario. I get running this running things the way he had it. If he had like one timeout with mm-hmm. like, he got down to 20 seconds, but he had all Three. All three timeouts. He, the, he didn't. He let the clock run for like fifty-five seconds, to like twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a scrub quarterback. Like I would have understood that more if you, if Geno Smith was Geno Smith last night, and that was the quarterback you had playing. Like you have Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you don't give him a chance to win the game for you one and just get a first down. Like I mean, it was what fourth and five. Like you know, it, it's do or die there. But again, it's Russell Wilson. Like I'm sure he's done that before in his career numerous times. And the fact that you let it run out now, the, the big thing on social media today is. Uh, uh, the Manning casting of Peyton Manning sitting there. And I saw him, it might've been one of the Barstool accounts that was like, he called for a timeout on air 60 something times. Yeah. And it was just, it's a, he knows what's going on. He knows that in that spot, you're kind of supposed to give your team a chance or just at least talk it over maybe try to come back and get him to jump off sides. But yeah, the fact that he holds all three until like you said, the last 20 seconds and then starts to use them just like, again, to me, it looks like a giant baby. Like I'm just going to cause problems for everybody else, but I don't know. Weird way that that game ended, and you know, you kind of took the ball out of out of Russell Wilson's hands, which you know we've seen that happen in the past on the other side, and how how well that's worked out for the, the Seahawks. But yeah, I don't know. Strange decision there, and you guess you kind of crazy. You, you reap what you sow. I thought I heard too. Uh, Big Jim Murray was talking about on Fubber Maz. There was a point in the game where he should have kicked a field goal too and decided to go for it. I missed most of the game because I had work last night. But there was another decision earlier on that was a head scratcher too that people were like just just take the field goal or whatever it was. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I like remember it happening, but I don't remember like specifics, but mm-hmm. yeah. It, the thing too, that was crazy about this game is how many penalties the Broncos took. It had to have been like 15. They took so, so many. And a lot of them early, like you, you can't be that undisciplined against a bad team that you should be mm-hmm. a bad team that overachieved a little bit, but you know, partially due to, you know, incompetence from the Broncos, but um, it's just crazy. You don't have faith in the guy you're now paying to your 40 till he's 40, like a ton of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, 
I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And the craziest thing about it is McManus goes for the kick, misses, but it gets nullified by the, by the like last second timeout by Pete Carroll. You would have thought that might've been an omen. Like, Hey, it you didn't can't work. hit this. So let's we try have three timeouts. Else. Maybe we try and hit, hit a receiver out of bounds for a few extra yards, make this a little easier. Yep. Or just, you know, go for it and, do however you want to go. See what happens, you have, yeah. You have three timeouts. You can go down the middle of the field. It's a catch, timeout. Maybe mm-hmm. you get like 20 yards. There are so many different ways they could have gone about it. And it's just so crazy how they landed on that. A guy that coached Aaron friggin' Rodgers and the Packers, who were, you know, obviously wasn't the head coach, but like helping be the driving force of that offense alongside Aaron Rodgers for so long just fumble fuck so bad like it was so bad <laughs> like i keep saying it like talking about it with friends like fumble fuck is the perfect term because there were tons of fumbles in the game too mm-hmm. and a massive fuck and up the, at the end the, the greatest fumble of all was the end the fumbling of the bag the fumbling of a potential win a game you should win again it's gonna sting unbelievable like unbelievable incompetence the funniest thing to come out of it though was melvin gordon's comments like oh we want to see them in the super bowl um <laughs> Not going to happen. Hate to break it to you. Um, yeah. My favorite one, I don't know if you saw it today. I think Hackett was asked the, asked the question again if he should have went for it. And then I think today he admitted it. He's like, yeah, looking back on it, we probably should have went for it there. It's like, oh, I'm glad you've had 24 hours to sit in this decision. And now you're finally having the, the epiphany that, oh, maybe I should go for it with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, yeah, first the week crazy, of the season. The craziest thing, too, is like, Russell Wilson, they highlighted it a couple times on the a couple times on the broadcast. It was like the most like fourth quarter comebacks or like second half comebacks in the league of any QB since 2012, besides Matthew Stafford. Would not have guessed that. Like you gotta have a little more faith in your QB. It just comes mm-hmm. back to that. So many things went wrong. It's a huge blemish on Hackett's reputation right at the start. To start, and yeah, right out of the gate. I'm not I'm not give him any benefit of the doubt no no chance no i'm not either really like the 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 clip i sent you too of him saying like yeah he pretty much like locked into the job yeah yeah that was not a great look either all the all the uh skeletons coming out of the closet Mm -hmm. just a just a bananas game um Next up for football, bananas in another way was how Justin Reed is just like really good at kicking. Came out of nowhere. Yep. Like his first kick of the game was in the back of the end zone on a Mm, punt. Yeah. Yep. Like what? Ridiculous. And then he, you know, he missed. He shanked a field goal attempt really bad. But like the 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 Chiefs won by a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say Um, there was yeah. No need for it to go through. It was never yeah. in doubt that Kansas City was going to win that game. Like, yeah, statement came from Casey. You know, there's all this talk about, you know, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to sweep into the playoffs? We talked about it a little bit last week in, uh, like, a similar regard. And, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just go off and say, hey, we're not going yep. anywhere, um, which is, you know, reasonable because they're mm-hmm. still very good. Um, it was just really cool. Like, Justin Reed was just – like he had to get put in a shitty shitty situation for the average guy and he's like nasty kicking. Yep. <laughs> it's just pretty ridiculous. Um but yeah, I mean what a story that was. Mm-hmm. Um that's all it is on my end for moments of the week. Um not one of my weeks where I picked like five moments, like some small, some <laughs> rattle through all of them, but, yeah. Um 
your segues us into Patriots talk a little bit better. So I will defer to you to get us. Yeah, there. I'll jump right into it because more and more is coming out as the days go on. Um, and more and more that does come out, the more and more just frustrates me. It's the whole Kendrick Bourne situation. Obviously, we had the discussion about Bourne in the preseason when he got benched in that game. Um, now he gets pretty much benched in the first game of the season. Uh, finishes the game with obviously the one big 41-yard catch, the longest completion of the day for the Patriots, and then is immediately taken right back out. That first catch doesn't come until about five and a half left in the fourth quarter. Um, there was a lot that came out after it, though. This was from Phil Perry on Twitter. He said, quote, Bourne is not on the field for that fumble. Of course, the fumble by Nelson Aguilar two plays later after the big catch from, from Bourne. Uh, he thought he was coming out coming on for that play, but got called back on the sideline. When he saw the fumble, he went over to the bench, whacked something off the bench and sat down. Johnny Smith came over and seemed to try to calm him down. Uh, there was more, like I said, that came out after the game. Mike Reese, he said, Kendrick Bourne said, he isn't sure why he isn't getting more playing time, but that he'll be ready for his opportunity when it comes. Bill Belichick was asked about it uh, by Ben Volan during the post game. Uh, the question was, is Kendrick Bourne's lack of playing time disciplinary? Bill Belichick said, no. But then you've had these other things come out. Tommy Curran was on Gresham Keefe on Tuesday morning. He talked about Kendrick Bourne, was asked the question, you know, what the deal basically is with him. And he gave the little, the little nugget, the little information. And he said, quote, Bourne is in Matt Patricia's doghouse, which I tweeted out if anybody follows me on Twitter that's watching. The fact that Matt Patricia is even allowed to have a doghouse is right there, the root of the problem. Like, we're, we're giving Matt Patricia way too much power to be disciplining, uh, disciplining people. Um, but yeah, that stemmed from missing the, the a preseason meeting before the Carolina game, which obviously led to the benching of uh, of Cam of Cam Newton of Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> I wish Cam Newton got benched a little. Yeah, um, but yeah, that led to the benching of Bourne, and then this also came from Ter- Tommy Curran on that interview. He said, "It's my understanding. I was not told directly, but what I have gleaned, Robert Kraft noticed it. Robert Kraft made his opinion known, and going forward, I think Kendrick Bourne will have a bigger role. I, I just don't get it. Like, obviously, we've we've we follow the Patriots for a long time. It's always kind of been the Patriots way and guys fall into that. But like you have a guy and we talked about this when he was getting benched in the preseason and things were kind of, he was on the inside looking out, was falling down the depth chart. There were talks of potentially trading him. And you and I both sat here and said, you know, yeah, you wouldn't want a guy that Mac Jones clearly gelled with last year, had a ton of success here. Now you have Matt Patricia prolonging the discipline of, you know, not playing him until the fourth quarter in this game. He helps you right out of the gate and then you immediately put him right back on the bench it's just, it's the same thing with this team of just get off your high horse. You know, it's, I, I can't stand the, you know, it's Bill's way or the highway anymore because this is a guy that can clearly help you. And you clearly needed it on Sunday. We'll get into it in a little bit, just how disastrous the offense looked. He comes in, he helps you, you put him on the bench and then you immediately fuck up two plays later. Like it's just a joke. I, I hope Tommy Curran is right in this. I hope uh, Robert Kraft came down and basically was like, Bill, get your head out of your ass and play this guy that we're paying a decent amount of money and can help our team out. And oh, by the way, the quarterback feels comfortable throwing to. I'm going to have success doing that. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they can't, again, get off their high horse, you know, put their pride aside and, and play a guy that has clearly helped them in his first year, especially clearly looked like he enjoyed being here. And now things have kind of soured and it's just kind of, Kind of how the season has, has got off to like that type of start. Things are dysfunctional. We'll get to that in a little bit. But your kind of thoughts on the whole Kendrick Bourne situation, I'm sure it's as aggravating to you as it is to me. Yeah, I'm just in the state where if this situation didn't have the whole Robert Kraft angle, I'd be like, all right, like this is going to probably last a little bit longer. But if, mm-hmm. if Kraft is stepping in, they have to pretty it much is interesting. To, you know, Im- implement him more into the offense. Mm-hmm. And I hope Curran is right about um, Tommy Curran's right about this 
hopefully not lasting long because it worked right away when you threw him the ball mm-hmm. and he's got the chemistry. And even like the Patriots running game wasn't that great. And nothing was working. Like yeah. try something. That's the big thing too. And is Kendrick uh, Bourne can come try out of anything. The like he gives you an option to like throw mm-hmm. things off every once in a while, you know, yeah, throw, yep. throw a little, throw a little uh, trick play in there, if you will, a little uh, reverse. Well, I think they did that once with Myers, and it's like, okay, that's like you yeah, said, it's a play that, too. that's a play that worked well primarily when, when Bourne ran it, though. So again, you're you're giving the that type of play again. Like you said, Myers runs it well, but but Bourne is the better of the two, in my opinion, when it comes to that play. Like you think, and then again, like just the dysfunction and not really knowing what's going on. The other one that other comment that Bill Belichick that stuck out to me was he was on the Greg Hill show, was asked about Bourne. He said, "Quote: I thought KB did a great job stepping in there when we needed him." made a big play for us. He's a good player. I'm sure he'll have plenty of opportunities as all of our skill players will going forward. Like, again, that's just so disingenuous. If like stepping in when we needed him to, you needed him to all game. So why yeah. is he getting out there with five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter when the game is clearly over? Like the Patriots like, were never in that game. Correct me if I'm wrong too. Like if we're talking about the doghouse, why didn't Nelson Aguilar get put in the doghouse when he fucking fumbled? Good question. I a guy wish who, I could answer it for you. Good last year. Kendrick Bourne was better than last year. Sure, Nelson Aguilar. I don't know how much this is factoring in at this point, but sure, Nelson Aguilar didn't you know get in multiple conflicts at joint practices against the Panthers. But mm-hmm. um, as much as Kendrick Bourne did, he might have been in the scrum as a you know a bystander, or someone on the outside because you know it's like baseball fights. Everybody gets in. And it's just a big clusterfuck. But nope. Um, I just I think it's like. It can't continue because you can't lose to two AFC opponents right in a row. Like, no, we talked about it. How of them to begin with, but like, mm-hmm. especially you're going into a situation where you have to beat the Steelers. You can't lose to two, you know, AFC teams in a row. Like I just said, they're going to be missing TJ Watt. Najee Harris is pretty confident he's going to play, but like, I have a little bit of doubts. Like, if he's going like, to be like 100 percent the whole exactly time. Like, foot I'd say injury, 75 percent maybe. Like, yeah. Like you, you need Kendrick Bourne if you need a change of pace because you could have used that change of pace more than one target the whole game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Kendrick Bourne wins you the game if you have more involved, but like it just gives you a different look and gives the them. Dolphins the something was, else to worry about. Like the offense was so stale. It was you know they were never an offense like consistently last year that had these like big moments all the time, all these big gains, but like it was a stagnant offense. And I never really sat there with like many plays and felt like we're going to get these huge gains. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was kind of stagnant. It was slow paced and a guy like Kendrick Bourne can help fix that. So, you know, well, of good. course it comes back to where we're talking about receivers and, you know, it'd mm-hmm. be nice to have Tyquan Thornton right now, but you know, you can't have him. So add some speed when you need it. You know, you, you drive yep. for speed at a speed option in Kendrick Bourne. You know, a guy that really helped in that one catch he had. Maybe he can do that more next week. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody's talked about it. I've kind of heard the same thought, but a lot of people, me included, found it funny that as soon as Kendrick Bourne, again, Mac Jones, one of his top targets last year, as soon as he's brought to the game, which way is Mac Jones going? Which way is he looking? It's right to Kendrick Bourne right out of the gate. So you, you know that those two have something going there. I'm glad you brought up the point about the offense last year and talk about how stagnant it was. Whenever there was a big player, you know, you took the top off the defense. It seemed like a lot of the time it was Kendrick Bourne was the guy that was hit, hitting on those deep balls or making the big time plays. So, like you said, you know, why would you want a guy that had 800 yards last year and five touchdowns in, in your lineup and, and playing regularly? You'd rather put the special teamer guy out there, a little Jordan Humphrey, for 
four snaps, or whatever it was, compared to Kendrick Bourne's two or three. Like, I don't get it. Again, it all falls back on you know, just you want to discipline a guy for something that happened months ago with the the fight and the missing of the, the meeting. Like, that has gone by now. It's the regular season. You need to, like you said, pick up some wins pretty early here because we talked about it last week. We did the schedule predictions. It gets tough as the season goes on. You know, the end of the season is, is a gauntlet. So you might want to try to steal some wins here early on. And if you're not playing him, you're not helping your case much uh, at all. Yeah. I think we've said what we need to say about Kendrick Bourne, don't you? I think so. I'll I'll get off my Kendrick Bourne soapbox for at least one week. We we needed to hop on it um, because it's very relevant. Studs and duds, first of the year. Um, Not on a ceremonious note, but I will defer to you as always to start. All right. Usually how we do this, it gets confusing at times. Uh, I don't know why I did it this way when we started it. We jump back between the studs and the duds. Um, we sometimes lose track of it. So I thought to make it easy and to make it you know, simple for people to follow, we'll just run through our three studs, run through our three duds, and not interchange back and forth between the two categories. Um, so we will start with my number three stud, then we'll jump to yours. Uh, I had Johnny Smith. Again, wasn't a great day for the offense. Um, and the stats, they're not world-beating stats for Johnny Smith. Three catches, four targets, 33 yards, um, a 15-yard catch was his longest of the day. Had a couple of nice plays where, you know, he was able to get it open into space, make a couple guys miss, have a couple guys bounce off him. It was just nice to see something from John U. Smith. I think that was something we wanted, both of us, to, to start the season is a little bit more out of John U. Smith. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, he really outplayed Hunter Henry. They both had okay days. Um, but just, again, good to see anything out of John U. Smith. This is the guy you're going to have to get going early on um, and maybe, you know, give some different looks if the offense continues to struggle. Maybe he's the guy they, they lean a little bit more on early on this season. Yeah, I hope so. Like, I hope they can make it work because I'd have to look back at the stats to confirm for sure. But, like, I felt like we kind of had this vibe at the start of last season and then it didn't really last. Mm-hmm. So I hope it can last this time. But I, I could be wrong. I could be misremembering things. No, I um, think that does sound familiar. He had a solid first game and then kind of disappeared for the next 10 weeks. So it's like, all right, that's, let's not fall back into that trap. Yeah, don't want to do that. So you want me to go to my number three stud now? Yeah, we'll finish. We'll start, just run to the studs, and then we'll go to the duds, and we'll right. go from there. Yeah, I had Cole Strange. He had kind of a weird game. You know, he got benched at one point for James Ferentz, but um, in his regular season debut, no pressures allowed on 29 passing snaps and 87.2 pass blocking grade, which was fourth amongst all guards in the league in week one. Um, I think Cole Strange is worthy of some praise, but not a perfect week, but, I mean, a pretty decent start if you're allowing no pressures. I'll take that. I see that you told me that too. And then when we talked about it again, kind of the same thing of what disciplinary reason was there for getting benched. If he's not allowing any pressures, like what deba- he was connected in a way to the whole like debauchery with Trent Brown. on the strip Okay. Side. I he's I, left guard and you know, gotcha. But I in tandem, but I mean, if you watch that replay, we'll get to it a little later to spoil one of our duds. Um, but I would put that more so on Trent Brown more than oh, anything else than, than yeah. Cole strange. Like, yeah. Again, I mean, it's the NFL, so you're not going to give a lot of guys the benefit of the doubt, but, like, rookie in his first game. Exactly. Um, Again, let's let's get off our high horse here. Like, let the kid play. If he struggles in the first game, like, it's a learning curve, learning Mm -hmm. experience. Um, On to my number two stud. I think you have him as well. Yep, you do, so you can feel free to jump in. Uh, Dietrich Wise, there were two really, really solid plays from defensive ends. Uh, Wise was one of them. We'll get to the other in a second because, again, it's a unanimous number one. Um, but teachers Wise, three tackles, one sack, one quarterback hit, one hurry, one forced fumble. Uh, had the strip sack that, of course, Miami was able to recover on third down, but that forced him to kick a field goal. 
Um, and then according to Pro Football Focus, Wise had the highest or was the highest graded Patriot player on the day, a uh, 90.2. The next closest was Jacoby Myers at 75.8. Wise is a the guy they're going to have to lean on pretty heavily. You know, one of the veterans, you know, one of the the, the wily guys on the defense. Um, great start out of the gate for him. He seemed like a guy that was kind of all over the field at times and made a couple of big plays uh, throughout the day. Yep. Good start for one of the defensive captains. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, as you alluded to, I couldn't, I couldn't find a way to have any other top two studs because I mean, there it was just a clear cut uh, top two here with wise. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the number one in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy I'm, I'm so hard or cold on. He's, I feel like he's been like very like moderately trending upwards, but like mm-hmm. still has, you know, very small hills and valleys here and there overall is a net positive player. Um, and to see him start off uh, solid in a, what was a, you know, an ugly game in some uh, respects was really nice to see. So Absolutely. yeah, I mean, the stats, the sh- stat sheet, you know, when you light it up like that looked pretty good as well. So uh pretty good all around day for one of your defensive captains. Absolutely. And then to the other of the defensive standouts from the day, Matt Judon getting off to a hot start again this year, uh, five tackles. He also had a sack, one tackle for a loss with four quarterback hits, uh, which led the team. Again, this is a guy we talked about a lot last year at the start, especially for how good he played. And then of course, towards the end of the season kind of fell off. He got off to a hot start again, made some big plays. Um, seemed to be really one of the only guys that put, really any pressure on tour. I thought he was pretty comfortable all game long, which is, was obviously a problem. Um, but if you don't know wise can put up performances like this throughout the season, you're going to be in good shape there. And it's going to be one of the things you might not have to worry about. There's probably going to be a lot of things to worry about this season with how bad everything looked. Um, but if these two guys can be solid throughout the season, you have a pretty good one, two punch when it comes to pass rushing. Yeah. I mean, took the words right out of my mouth or, mm-hmm you know, whatever you want to say, but there's really not a whole lot more to add. He led, he led the team in quarterback hits. Um, yeah, him and him and wise were just the best. There's really no more for me to add. You summed it up pretty well. So um, right. I did, I did put Jacoby Myers as an honorable mention though, because he was like the one receiver um, that I felt like comfortable with all day. Like it just, I had like a weird feeling around the whole team on offense as a certain point. When it didn't look good game. Yep. Um, it looked all right, like the first drive or two for the most part, but like after yeah, that, I heard. I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's I what know, I was at work, I was so I was on my vibes. Yeah, I was trying to get the game to come up on my phone, and it kept crapping out. But that's what I the consensus was. The first drive looked great. Of course, my phone turns on and and Mac throws the pick, so maybe a, a bad omen there. But then it was all downhill after that. Hope we'll switch it over. Yeah, maybe. I hope not. Well, my buddy was down there at the game, so a lot of people have been blaming him. So, Oh, boy. Yeah, not great. Um, so switching over to the duds, again, making it easy. We go from a couple of defensive standouts. Uh, for me, at least, one guy on defense. Uh, I don't know if you had him as well. You um, don't know. Um, Carl Davis didn't have a ton of play, had one tackle throughout the game, just 14 defensive snaps, 23% of the defensive snaps played. Uh, but he had the big fuck-up of the day. Fourth and one, Miami goes for it. They go to a hard count. Apparently, I was listening to Maz the other day. He said, too, in one of his interviews, said that the Dolphins were going to run a play there, so they weren't just going to try to get the Patriots offside. Uh, but they run the clock down. They take a timeout. Or the Patriots, I think, took a timeout. Probably to tell their guys, whatever you do, don't move. Just stand still. If they run a play, if they hard count, whatever. And immediately out of the timeout, Carl Davis jumps offside. Uh, Dude, you had one job. I'm sure they told it to you multiple times and engraved it into your brain. Do not move on this, and that's exactly what he does. 
uh, idiot mode, idiot play, and well-deserving of a dud spot. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he's my number two dud. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in a similar way, we got two similar duds, as, you'll, um, as the listeners will see. But, I mean, limited snaps, and you're messing up there of all places. Just a terrible look. Yep. Like you said, all you got to do is stand there, just be patient, and don't fuck up. And he fucked up. So, <laughs> not great. Um, I had Nelson Aguilar as my number three dud. Just still doesn't do it for me. <laughs> there was all the talk of whether you talk about Philly or with the Raiders, more so with Philly, I think, about his hands. And he fumbles. Um, yep. Three catches on five targets, 28 yards, and a fumble. That Not a whole lot. Duds list. That'll yep. put you on the duds list, friend. It does. But, yeah, I mean – like I said, to Carl Davis, spoiler, my uh, number two dud for the reasons aforementioned. So, right. My number two, I have Miles Bryant. Not a terrible day on the coverage, two for three, 24 yards allowed, uh, but did have a big mess up. You know, he knocked down what would have been a clear cut Devin McCourty interception. Maybe that turns you know, a little momentum towards the Patriots' way. And then I, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just watching him get torched by Buffalo last year or just, you know, plays like this at times get lost in this game. Um, again, tough task covering guys like Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddle. The Patriots threw a bunch of different guys at him, but it's just something about Miles Bryant to me. Just I, I don't know. It doesn't look like he's he should be out there. Like to me, he's a glorified punt returner because he was decent when it came to that uh, doing that on Sunday. But other than that, like again, you got to have some some sort of communication, and maybe that's more on McCourty for not maybe yelling or Bryant not paying attention on that interception. But that's a big play that could, like I said, maybe could have changed momentum given the Patriots some sort of decent field position and, you know, something to go off of and messes it up and it was all downhill from that. And like I said, just at times was kind of running all over the field. So I have missed my two. Um, not a great day from Alice Bryant. Could have also no. thrown Jalen Mills on there too, because I mean, that touchdown he gave up was kind of inexcusable, just kind of giving up on the play, um, but not a great day for the defensive backs as a whole. Oh uh, yeah. Miles Bryant's had a tough, you know, go. He, he comes in once he like, Last year, once he starts getting in the mix, looks pretty good. Then, like, ever since the Bills game where he got torched by Isaiah McKenzie a lot, it just went really downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like they, we found a diamond in the rough on drafted free agent, but it's just been tough for him. Um, yeah, he uh, he wasn't good, so. And I say that the younger guys, you're kind of hoping you see something from him. We didn't really get anything super spectacular. You know, Jack Jones had a tough moment on the Waddle touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, had his arm taped up like Phil Kessel's friggin' candy cane tape job. Um, I saw Coley Mick say, if he's wearing any number other than 13, he makes that pick. And I just, it is like, such a weird thing to see. That, like, I saw that a couple times. I'm like, it's not a, a number a corner should be wearing. It's crazy how numbers are such like a big vibes thing. Like a, a number mm-hmm. like 13 can just throw everything off like that. Like I just, it's not a corner number. Sorry, nope. I'm not used to it. It's like, it's like a mediocre or backup QB number or like maybe a receiver that is kind of decent. It's not a corner number. I don't know if that number has any sort of significance to him or he just likes it, but he changed it like, Right, like a week or two before the season, I don't like it. But mm-hmm. um, enough rambling about the corners. Um, do we want to just go to number one? Does yes, now? the consensus number one where things have not gotten off to a great start for a guy that you were high on in the preseason because he's a guy that you need as your left tackle, and he apparently does not 
want to be the left tackle. It's Trent Brown. Uh, it's not comfortable with left tackle, whichever you want to go at or however you want to look into the rumors and stuff like that. But he was awful in this game. I said to my dad watching the game, like it didn't even look like he wanted to be out there with the performance he had. Uh, this was from Pro Football Focus. Brown was the worst graded pass blocker for the Pats, allowing two sacks uh, and a quarterback hit, four and a half pressures. That was from Greg Bedard on uh, his segment with Felgar Maz on Tuesday. Uh, Trent Brown had a holding penalty, like we just kind of talked about. Uh, I thought it was completely his fault on the strip sack. You know, Phil Perry did a good breakdown on Twitter, kind of drawing out the play of who had who with him, Andrews, and uh, James Ferentz, who was in there. Andrews picked up the defensive tackle on that play. Ferentz at left guard because he was in at that point when Strange got benched for, again for whatever reason. Uh, he had the defensive end, and Brown just completely forgot to, to block his guy. A lot of people wanted to throw Hunter Henry under the bus for that play, but he was going off on a route, so I wouldn't make you know say that was his fault in any way, shape, or form. Um, Brown also missed a block earlier in the game that led to the uh, the Emmanuel Ogba sack. And then uh, one of Stevenson's runs, too, to the outside. He was way too slow getting out on it. It was like a three- or four-yard loss. Um, so kind of just looked like a guy going through the motions. Again, maybe he's upset about the position he's playing or maybe the contract is coming into you know discussion or something like that. But this is a guy you and I both hold pretty high because he's had a ton of success here, and he's a guy that is put in a position now where it's, it's pretty important. You know, We're seeing with Mac Jones now that he's got a back injury. Um, and that might linger throughout the season. So you got to keep him upright. This is the guy you rely on to do that. And if he's getting off to a, a lackadaisical and lackluster start, then the Patriots might be in more trouble than we initially thought they were going to be in. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's a tough start for, like, hoping when they finally answered my plea of flipping the tackles. Mm-hmm. That it would work because like, it's a move that makes sense on paper. We've discussed that multiple yeah. times. So ginormous man moves to left tackle, struggles. Um, not great. N- not great. Yeah, he's like, he's he's hard to get a read on. Like personality wise, like sometimes he's this happy go lucky guy. Then he's sending out weird tweets. You know, he gets his way out of um, the Raiders organization a couple years ago. Comes back. He's kind of he's kind of an enigma to me. I can't really pin the like exact reasons why as well as I'd like to because 
I guess that's just kind of how enigmas are. They're mysterious, so they're kind of hard to get a get a read get on. A read. Yep. Yeah, it's a tough game is fine, but like that was that was more than a tough game. That and, might have been the worst game he's ever played in a Patriots uniform. I don't think that's that far fetched uh, that I can think of. Like he was non existent. It's even worse if Mac Jones' back injury was like really bad, which mm-hmm. you know, back injury when he got pummeled by Javon Holland, which was pinpointed as the likely cause of the back problems. Yep. Like, oh my god, like this lingers. That's just like that's a nightmare waiting to happen. If he gets planted again, it's just gonna mm-hmm. get worse. It's gonna keep happening. Um well, that's why you you need yeah. Trent Brown. Like he's obviously yeah. the blindside guy, like you said. He's like, like the if, biggest offensive tackle in the league. Yep. And he's been very good at times, you know, but maybe maybe it does come down to a positional thing and they need to rethink it. I hope this is just a one week thing, but it's not a good omen for the switch. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense, like you said on paper, the the big MF on at left tackle protecting your second year QB's blind side, who's you know played left tackle before in his career. Like it's not like it's like he's struggling because he's completely unfamiliar with it. But I don't know, maybe right tackle ends up being the play at some point. But mm-hmm. I hope it works out because I, I really don't want to see Isaiah win at left tackle anymore. I really don't. So no, it's that's not going to work either. Game. Like, but. But that's the big thing. I mean, now you turn to the health of Mac Jones. I mean, all seems all things seem to indicate he is okay. He was practicing today, and he himself said he was fine. Uh, but you got to think there's some cause for concern. Like a quarterback, like you said, gets completely upended in the first game of the season, gets bent two different ways on a, a huge hit. Now you go and play a Pittsburgh team that had, what, seven sacks against an offensive line that was completely retooled in Cincinnati. I know they don't have T.J. Watt, but he wasn't even the – the big home record of that game was we'll get into, you know, their, their preview in a little bit in a second. Um, but any concern for you moving forward? I mean, I feel like we have to be a little bit, you know, this is a guy that, like you said, that needs to stay upright obviously for obvious reasons. Um, and if he goes down this already really crappy looking offense, going to have to be led by Brian Hoyer, or, you know, worst case scenario, maybe Bailey Zappi. Like it's, it's going to get ugly. So, like, I don't know how to feel about this. I know they're saying that, that Jones is fine, but I, I can't imagine there isn't some sort of lingering problem here. Yeah, I am nervous, like, even without T.J. Watt. I mean, mm-hmm. no T.J. Watt, but now they have Larry, Larry Okunjobi. Cam Hayward had a good season debut last week. Devin Bush is very good. Miles Jack is very good. It's I feel like nobody talks about the fact that Miles Jack is just casually on the Steelers now. The, I forgot he was until I looked and was doing the outline the other day that I didn't even know they had him. Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling good going into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sucks when you have that like second wave. You always, obviously think of TJ Watt first for obvious reasons because he's just so good. But uh, yeah, they uh they have. They have some other guys who can make plays, so it's not going to be easy by any means. Mm-hmm. And then you have Terrell Edmonds, um, a safety. Mick Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties in the league. Not fun. Added Levi Wallace, who I didn't really, like, notice out there too much. You know, I was, that was kind of like one of the red zone games I was watching. Um, but, yeah, you got some guys that are going to – could be headaches to deal with on the Steelers' defense, so. Yeah, I mean, just coming out of this Miami, I don't know if we have any other closing thoughts on the Miami game as we kind of transition in just really overall week one thoughts in the NFL before the, the, the Steelers stuff. To me, at least, I don't know if it's too early to say this. I don't think it is because I think you had some legitimate uh, – I mean, you already saw it with the Kendrick Bourne stuff, some some legitimate 
uh, maybe coaching problems here, or just the fact that this team might be spiraling this early on. Cause there were a ton of just un, again, we saw them, them creep up last year with the uncharacteristic Patriots mistakes, like jumping off sides, plays like that'll happen. But you had a bunch of dumb plays in this game that you just, you don't usually see out of a Patriots team. We already talked about the, the Carl Davis jumping off sides and the neutral zone infraction coming out, out of a timeout. You have, the touchdown that Jalen Waddle scores that came out of a timeout and an injury to Adrian Phillips that really didn't even talk about. That could be a big loss moving forward, not having him. Um, you had to, again, it didn't matter because it was late in the game, but you have a too many men on the field penalty that gives the Dolphins a first down to ice the game. Uh, Trent Brown's not speaking to the media after the game after his poor performance. You had, you know, he declined to do that. Like I said, the Bourne stuff. Who do you believe on that? Um, and then just, like, we didn't really talk about it in the preview, but leading up to the game, you heard all the rumors and reports and rumblings that, you know, the Patriots obviously go down there early on, which is a little weird to people. Uh, they set up their practice field, their training field. If you heard any of the audio, it was like next to an airport. Um, they were wheeling in the, the goalposts and stuff. There were some players, according to reports that, you know, said they were basically practicing on a peewee football field. So there seems like there's a lot of dysfunction coming out of week one, which is not great, obviously with the, the position this team is in and how we talked about this team needs to get off to a fast start. Um, so I know I threw a lot at you there, but with all this stuff now that's kind of come out and that we've seen in week one, are there any positives to take away from that game? Or is like, how concerned are you about this type of stuff moving forward? Cause it doesn't seem like there's a, a good kind of, like, you know, I don't want to say aura cause that's kind of a weird terminology for it, but just a, a, a weird perception around this team moving forward into week two. Yeah, I'm not used to it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pass rush, you know, as a whole could be better, but at least we saw, you know, Wise and Judon show up. Um, hopefully Adrian Phillips can, you know, be healthy because losing him would just suck. He was available to the media today and limited, so hopefully well, – That's good at least, yeah. It trends upwards towards him playing. There's really, there's really just not a lot of positive. You talked about Johnny Smith too. Hopefully, we can, you know, see a positive upward trend. Um, you know, speaking of the tight end position, I hope we can see Hunter Henry's first big game of the year because that would be important. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick Bourne, like Cole Strange, it really just goes back to the studs. There really wasn't anybody that like jumped off the page to me outside of the studs. Like <laughs> that's what I mean. Like way more than that. Like Mac Jones, like overall, like his stats weren't terrible. Like he, it was okay. Again, he's getting upended left and right. So like, yeah. how much can you really put on him for that? Like, I know there were some people that were like, oh, you can't, you know, the interception was inexcusable. It's like one Devonte Parker's getting held on that play Two, Devonte Parker maybe could have made a better effort to go up and get that ball. Um, and three, like, again, the play calling, cause it happened a couple of times. And that's something we really didn't talk about either. Um, and again, it just goes into the stupidity of whether it's Judge or Patricia calling it. Like, what are you throwing up? I know that's kind of his deal with Devontae Parker, but why do you continue to throw up 50-50 balls against one of the better corners in the league and Xavier and Howard? So, like, that's, again, another thing that comes down to the the, the dysfunction of the coaching, just not, you know, knowing the, what's going on and really not trusting. Because, like, that's not a play that you expect Mac Jones to be able to make on a ball like that. Like, so, again, I don't really put that on him as much as maybe other people have been. Yeah, I think, you know, one good thing, too, for Mac is, like, the checkdowns, like, they weren't inspiring a ton, inspiring a ton of confidence, these short games, but, like, he did look solid, you know. It works, yeah. Passes. He didn't, like, he didn't look super shaky a lot, which is good. It wasn't, like, his best game, but, like, I'm not, like, sitting here super concerned about Mac Jones. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we kind of flew out a little bit. Like I'm more concerned about his protection. I was gonna say the only thing is health wise for yeah. when it comes to him. Like, mm-hmm. but the thing too, like, let's get. It's gonna be, you know, unless they get shut out, it's gonna be possible to have a possible. game where Ty Montgomery isn't your only scorer because unfortunately he's hurt now and like mm-hmm. he barely got into the end zone. Well, that's what like, I mean. Like they almost got shut out. Or, I was like, saying the same thing to my dad. I'm like, if if you don't have the what I can't remember what the penalty was exactly that put them on the goal line or down around the goal line, and then you have that play where Ty Montgomery, like you said, literally rolls into the end zone on unco- like. All someone has to do is go over and touch him, and then that plays dead. You don't score a touchdown there. But thank God nobody was in the you know the zip code of him uh, for him to be able to roll into the end zone for that touchdown. Other than that, like you, like you said, you're getting shut out in that game to start the season against the Dolphins. And then you're you made people are talking to you about you as a laughing stock, like the Cowboys not scoring a touchdown the entire you know first week of the season. So it's again, there's not a ton to be excited about with this team. The run game was not good. We really didn't talk about that. Um, there really isn't a lot to be said about that other than the stat you showed me from the athletic was the Patriots rush for zero or negative yards on 36% of their carries, the most in the league uh, by comparison, the league average for that figure Sunday was 18%. So like we talked about that and again, that maybe, maybe comes back to the offensive line. Just the one thing you kind of hoped for was the run game would pick up where it left off last year. That didn't. And if that's not the case, you and I both said in the preseason, then this offense is really going to be in trouble. And it looked like it is uh, coming out of week one. Yeah, just let's let's get this offense going. Mm-hmm. One guy we kind of like forgot to mention too that deserves some praise. Another big uh, name on the defense is Jawan Bentley. Yep, he had a great game. Three assists, t- three assists, tackles, and um, a sack, twelve yards, tackle for a loss. So mm-hmm. at least the guys you would expect to be good on defense are good. Gonna need mm-hmm. that again. I don't. Dogger looked good. Trubisky outside of cleaning out one of his yeah. guys on that waddle touchdown, but yeah. Kyle Duggar looked really – he had, like, a string of, like, two or three straight plays, but he looked awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's Blew a good. couple of runs up in the backfield. Yeah, it was good for – But, again, prediction. like you said, those you expect that out of those guys. Good for our bold prediction about him. So Absolutely, yep. Going to be a pro uh, bowler. Yep, potentially, um, hopefully. Yeah, well, just need to figure it out a little bit more. I thought Jonathan Jones had some moments, but, you know, he's – I wasn't expecting a ton from him first game back. He's getting mm-hmm. mixed a little bit again. No. Nope. Um, yeah, just got to clean things up offensively. That's the main theme. And that was Make it sound so an easy. expected theme. So, Yeah, I mean, know. you hope that doesn't linger. But, again, like you arguably are playing a better defense in, in Pittsburgh with what, again, what they were able to do to a team that spent a ton of money on offensive line and it really didn't work out in the first game of the season. Yeah. But, like, I think the thing, a storyline about the Bengals, like, they didn't play a lot of their starters super often, like which is reasonable in the preseason, and mm-hmm. they maybe could have at least later in the preseason because um, Joe Burrow wasn't great, and you know things weren't clicking like they should have been. Like they should have beaten the Steelers, like absolutely should have beaten the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And that game was way too close. That game was way too wacky at the end. That game was um, insane, in particular. Yep. Um, but yeah, that kind of you know as we're talking about that game, it seg- segues us into the next part of the show, which is talking about how. Uh, how weird week one was yeah, just some Thursday I mean, overall Thursday thoughts was... from week one, any standouts for you? I mean, that one right out of the gate, like you mentioned, I went to work, it was 10, 10, the bills Rams game. And then halfway through my shift, uh, one of the guys working overnight was just like, Oh, they, the bills are blowing out the Rams 31 to 10. I'm like, what the hell happened in that game? Like more of the same from Cooper cup, 128 yards, 15 targets, which Matt Stafford, I guess only wants to throw the Cooper cup. 
Um, but I guess it showed that the Bills, you know, they are that team. Kudos for you for picking them to go 17-0 and right out of the gate off to a great start there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what we expected out of them. Nothing too, uh, too, Nothing else too much for me to say about them. Yeah, I mean, they needed to take over, and they did. And the funniest, the best part about the game was Jalen Ramsey getting bitched by Stefan Diggs. Oh, like torched, yep. And everybody going back to the comments he made when uh, around Josh Allen's draft year, but like Jalen Ramsey talking shit to Josh Allen mm-hmm. um, and just getting put in his place. I think, well, I'm trying to think back to the video to like, did, what did Stefan Diggs do? Did he like, pat him on the head or something after the he, touchdown. I can't remember. He did. I know he did something. I mean, like you slapped him on the ass or something as you walked by. I can't remember what it was, but and then there's the video, like somebody filming him on the bench and he's like, apparently at one point he's like, I'm him. Like, I'm yeah, him. I'm that guy. And yep. then you can hear him. And he's like, don't fucking play with me. Don't fucking yeah. play with me. I told him like, don't play with me. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, that don't piss Stefan Diggs off. Yeah. That made me more scared, way more scared than I already am for the bills games this mm-hmm. year. Like, Oh, if they can do that to the Rams, like we said, the Patriots will get blown out by 40. Like, like, Buffalo's going to drop 50 on the Patriots' head both times. Oh, God. Um, They'll put up a combined 120 points in the Patriots the two games they play them. Yeah, it's scary. scary to see the Bills just unlock it like that because it was a messy first half in that game um, at times for both teams. And the Bills figured it out, and the Rams didn't. It just comes down to that. They figured it out uh, with authority. So that's scary. Uh, yes, it is. Look like you know the team we expected them to be. Mm-hmm. The Falcons did not look like the team we expected them to be. I mean, they made sure they did. They blew a sixteen-point lead. Well, that's the yeah. That's close. Okay, yeah, I got. I know where you're coming from, but I mean, that's Boy, just it's such point. a layup when it comes to the Falcons. Like, yeah, they just do it all the time. They Cordell Patterson still that team's entire offense. I know Drake London. I heard had a good game, but like Cordell Patterson almost single-handedly beat the Saints. Like, let's be honest here, like. Yeah, they uh, they put Tyler Allgaier as inactive. He's on my dynasty team. Didn't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Hoping, you know, I drafted him to see him hopefully take over the starting job and be the starting running back for my dynasty team. So, you know, dress Tyler Allgaier, please. Um, I don't even know if I pronounced his last name right. Um, but yeah, Falcons pulled the Falcons. Michael Thomas, sneaky back. I'm not saying, like, fully back yet. You know, okay. you're putting up those 57 yards, those two touchdowns. I want to see that, him open it up. That was going to be my question. All right, so that answers yeah. that. Sneaky back, like half back. Give it a week or two. Maybe not even half back yet. Maybe like 40% back. Okay. Um, I'll believe it when I see it um, on a repeat basis because we know he, you know, even though he hasn't played football much in the past few years, we know he is capable of just being ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if he returns to that form. That'd be pretty big for the Saints. Uh, Browns, Panthers, Baker, revenge game? Nope. Nope. Through an egregious Baker Mayfield-esque pick to absolutely no one in the vicinity of that ball. That that was bad. (laughs) Honestly expected, like, not like a dominant game, but I I expected Carolina to definitely win this game. But, like, I I didn't know how it was going to work for Jacoby Brissett. He, you know, had okay moments, but, like, Mm -hmm. not, like, a great game. He did enough to win, though. Yep. Um, CMC was kind of non-existent. A little surprising. Yeah. Um Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb, so that helps. Yep. That's you know, kind of the kind of the thing they're gonna need the most is without Sean Watson, if Jacoby Brissett can be serviceable and Nick Chubb can put up crazy games like that, mm-hmm. they're gonna have they're gonna have a chance to win games here and there. So 
I would have liked that 24 yard rushing touchdown to go to Nick Chubb instead of Kareem Hunt and not have him go off. And you know, that those would have helped my fantasy team. But other than that, I can't play too much, I guess. Both leagues, so um, there you go. It's I've, working out. I've had Nick Chubb on my dynasty team for since the, the beginning. So I'm a Nick Chubb, uh, big fan of his. He's mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, this game, stupid. Um, how I know it's like this crazy rainy game. Trey Lance is kind of up in the air. Like he's good. He's got these traits, got this arm talent, but like, is it going to work right away? It didn't. Um, he was not really good. And any concern there, you blaming it on the, I, I want to lean towards the weather a little bit. Like I want to see what he looks like in this game coming up, but there is, uh, there's some people that think that Jimmy should be getting to start two or three weeks in, which I, you know, maybe give Lance a couple yeah. weeks to see if he can settle in here because that was a ridiculous game when it came to the, the weather conditions. Yeah. I mean, another thing that I don't see enough people talking about and um, Field the Aids highlighted this is it's a team where you look at it on paper, it's not good, but their draft class looked pretty good to start. Uh, the main notable names, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, both their second-round picks looked pretty good. Both played every snap. Uh, Brisker had four tackles, one for loss, um, one fumble recovery. Kyler Gordon had uh, six tackles, one for loss. Uh, Braxton Jones, fifth-round left tackle, played every single snap on the O-line. And uh, fifth-round defensive end Dominique Robinson had seven tackles, one-and-a-half sacks, um, and two QB hits. Pretty good for a fifth-round defensive end. I would say um, so, yeah. So, you know, maybe Ryan Poles is putting together a better roster than we think. Maybe this is just a fluke. Maybe the Bears – be the are the bears for the rest of the year it was awesome to see the sliding celebrations in the rain that was really mm-hmm. cool nope. and like i'll crap on the bears all year when they deserve it but like i do like justin fields anybody who's listened to the show for a while knows i have my doubts right now about <laughs> how he's gonna hold up with you know the quality of the team around that him. team yeah but i mean he is fun to watch when he's at his best that completion to dante pettis was you know really good awareness in the pocket um finding his guy across the field um, looking like Justin Fields, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a while for him to start putting together big games, especially with the lack of receiving talent around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, credit to the Bears, a, a gross game weather wise, and uh, they pull out a little bit of a gross win. And uh, both of the teams I projected to be undefeated are are two zero undefeated. Yep. <laughs> so that's classic. Yeah, that's, um, that's a killer. This one, like it's it's whatever because it's two young quarterbacks against each other and it's a mm-hmm. weird game and they're both kind of trying to find their way. The one I had more of a problem with was the, you know, fumble fuck by the Broncos yep. against the Seahawks, the team they should have beaten and, you know, credit to Geno Smith, but I mean, they should have won that game. This one is a little more of a toss up. You know, I thought the Niners were going to win, but like still two young QBs guys trying to find their way, you know, and definitely could have seen this coming. Didn't, mm-hmm. you know, expected the, 49ers to pull it off but not tremendously surprised but a little bit um a little bit perplexed to see the bears actually with the win to start the year um is more so where i'm at um bengals and steelers neither one of these teams could put it put it away until the very end neither one of these teams deserve to win this game i mean this is this should have been this was something else i don't think this is a tie yeah this was this was not good i mean Evan McPherson, dude, like, I can't believe it. Do you blame him or do you blame, like, I blame the long snapper more so. Like, you're kind no, of in I a. I do, but, like, it's just, it's weird to see Evan McPherson. Miss as bad you know, as he did. 
in the negative spotlight more so than being Money McPherson. True, yeah. It's really weird. I expected him to just pick up where he left off. But, yeah, you can definitely blame the long snapper. Mm-hmm. Um, blame the hold. I don't know. I don't know where I really blame the hold in that kick. But um, Oh, the hold was bad, too. I forgot about the second one with the laces in. I'm trying to remember if what the hold looked like. But, yeah, that's why I was the football, like, The laces of the face, hold, uh, football but... were facing directly. Like they were, like, waving at McPherson how – Oh, like okay. straight on looking at him, they were. So yeah, it was not the ideal uh, kicking conditions. But again, that's a it's a weird game because like the Bengals were right in it. They shouldn't have been in it. Pittsburgh gave them every chance. Like that's why again doing the preview in a couple minutes for the Patriots and Steelers game. Like the Steelers legit. They had five turnovers forced. They had seven sacks, but like still gave the Bengals plenty of chances to win that football game. So I don't know really what to make of the Steelers. I don't know what to make of the Bengals. Yeah, I I think the Bengals. I'm not, I'm really not worried about the Bengals. I think okay. they'll figure it out. But the Steelers, like, I just still can't buy in on the Steelers. Like surprising teams every week when they need mm-hmm. to, because Mr. Bisky, it's it's one game with him as the Steelers starter. I need to see more. Um, and their offensive line, you know, still needs some work. So we'll see how it you know goes on a consistent basis. But yeah, I mean. Definitely more nervous, even without Watt, like I said, about the Steelers defense than I would have been um, coming into this one prior. So it's going to be a weird one. Like this game was, I can't, I just still can't believe the Bengals lost. I really thought they were going to pull it off, and uh, they couldn't. It was just a gross game. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Um, no what game wasn't gross was Eagles and Lions. That was a fun game. That was I wild, yeah. On red zone, so I wasn't like – glued to the game but what i did see was fun uh aj brown sets an eagles record for debut receiving yards so 155 is the benchmark tyreek hill is 94 were the most by a uh, uh dolphins receiver in their debut as well and there was one other uh record like debut yardage i forget who it was though um wasn't yeah, hopkins was it oh, not hopkins i always say I meant Devontae Adams. Marquise Brown. Oh, maybe Marquise Brown. Yeah, he oh, big I thought you were talking Hopkins like the, the Cardinals. No, no it probably no. was uh, Devontae Adams, honestly. I thought you were talking about Hopkins because of the Cardinals. But, yeah, um, yeah you're probably right. I'm tr- I'm just trying to remember, but that honestly would, wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, AJ, AJ Brown was really good. The Lions are – They got something. Are, yeah, they I mean, showed some life, showed some fight, which you kind of expected with that team. Um, with Dan Campbell at the helm, but a good back and forth game. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not going to say the Eagles stink or anything, allowing 35 points to the Lions. Because like we said, it's a different looking Lions team. You had DeAndre Swift go off in that game, so that was good to see him from that standpoint. Um, but should be two fun teams to watch. I mean, the, the NFC East, like yeah. we predicted, is going to be wide open this year, and then the Lions are kind of our maybe Cinderella teams this season. So good start for both those teams. Yeah, and I'm on Raw. Picked up where he left off late last season. Yep. Another touchdown. Uh, he's talking about his, like how he wants to be the wide receiver one, like kind of like a put my respect on my name type of thing I saw uh, in passing today. But, yeah, that was a fun game. I mean, the Eagles are building up their defense and let up, you know, in the offseason, especially late getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but didn't have the best defensive showing. But, you know, this is a team expecting to do big things. So, you know, if they can – pull it together a little bit on defense a little bit more. They're, they're going to win some games. And they speak this one out against the Lions. Colts and Texans, I'm going to defer to you on this one because you Just, predicted these teams to tie, but in a different week. I predicted the Texans to tie. I, 
Not the Colts. I mean, the Texans had a oh, chance. Yeah, to- I don't know. Why it was Texans Titans. I had. I did not think the Colts Titans. would have any problem in this game, uh, and they did because for some reason the Colts maybe thought it was the Texans and they thought they were just going to roll in and win that game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, per usual, had a solid day. Matt Ryan, his Colts debut was okay. I mean, it was Matt Ryan. You weren't really, really weren't going to expect him to light anything up. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a decent day for my fantasy team, but. Other than that, like I heard, didn't really catch any of the game. I heard the Texans had a chance to obviously win it in overtime. They punted from the 50. So, like, again, like, you have a chance to win the football game, go for it there. If you lose or if you tie, you tie, like, or try to get the field goal, obviously. Um, just a, a, a gross game overall from what I heard. The, the game that probably never should have been a tie, and now here we are with uh, no AFC South teams with a win in that division, which is kind of wild. Which is really funny. Yeah, it's the perfect division for that to happen. Oh, it's it's so true. Yep. Yeah, I don't really have much to add because I didn't. No, see oh, that's what I mean. It was yeah. This game, mm-hmm. but like it's just so classic that they tied. It's so funny that we saw almost two ties in week mm-hmm. one. That's um, yeah. Was it <laughs> ridiculous? Did I, did I joke last week? I think it might have been to one of my friends, or it might have been um, on the show. Like, what if there are just like five or six ties this year? I we started. Do off remember you saying that? Yeah, yeah, I think it was on the show. I'm like, that would not be. Ideal, like that. No, nope. um, another game I didn't really see much of. Ravens I caught Jets. none of this game. Yep, like, oh wow, the Jets suck still. Lamar looked good from what I heard, but again, you're playing the Jets. Like, Joe Flacco couldn't get it done against his former team. Not surprised there either. Like, I don't know, there's not really much. Yeah, no Joe like, Flacco revenge game. Yeah, um, I saw someone saying, like. Uh, Sauce Gardner was on Mark Andrews a lot. Mark Andrews finished with five and fifty-two, so pretty decent start for a, Sauce. Yeah, Gardner. serviceable day. Yep. Not sure how spread around he was in coverage, like who he was covering more so than other guys. But yeah, the Ravens beat the Jets. I mean, shocker, as expected. Yeah, it's still the Jets. Uh, Jaguars and Commanders. This one was higher scoring than I would have. Solid expected. game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trevor Lawrence. I still don't think it's good. Really All right. Don't. Um, I'll give, like I said, I'll really give him this year, but consistently, okay. um, I Christian see Kirk, that. I mean, good that they're paying him this much and he had a hundred yard game to start. That's solid. Um, and Carson Wentz did enough to win, but like we talk about a lot it of is Carson show, like, Wentz, he can implode at any point. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's one of those weird back and forth games that we either see in the low scoring setting or just you know exciting moments here and there these games just like these games are just so boring to me even when they're exciting like i'm just saying nothing right now oh that's what i mean it's it's two teams yeah it's two teams you have no interest in where it's you're really you're really only watching that game for the fantasy aspect like i only cared about because i have it in here i have christian kirk on my fantasy team that's the only reason i paid any attention to the jaguars and commanders game like yeah i don't really have much to say Mm -hmm. i'm just like throw words out out there this is another game i didn't watch too in depth, I was. I really just saw the score updates. Mm-hmm, um, exactly, but it was going back and forth. So you know, that's really all I had to mention. But the Commanders pull it out, uh, first win as the Commanders. Um, Giants and Titans. This is one of those games. Like these are like the Giants and the Titans teams like this. And um, I'm trying to think. Like they're not in the AFC South, but like I feel like this is like if they were in the AFC, they'd be in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, the, the Titans are. Well, What I is your like, point here? I'm trying to say my point here. Commanders like, and Jaguars game the, broke your brain. If they were all in the same division as the AFC South, like if the tight the Titans, if they had more teams than the Giants were in here, 
Like they're all ty- ty- kinds of teams that I feel like have weird games like this. I just, yeah. To keep up with the word salad and I kind of put it back together. Like if the divisions were expanded, I would put the giants in the AFC South. You'd put just, the crap team or not crap yeah. teams, but like, like the, the teams, teams that, that like are surprise you in a weird mm-hmm. way or like be like the Titans occasionally where like surprise they're in a bad way. But like you can expect games like this to happen with the Titans. This he got held in check in this game for the most part, and you saw what happened with the Titans. Like this this team's in trouble, I think. Blow yeah, a thirteen Saquon. nothing lead. Saquon goes off. I mean, if he stays Derrick healthy, Henry, look out. Like Derrick Henry felt like what it's like to get hit by Derrick Henry. That was insane. That you'll never see something like that again. I bet. Like that. Yeah. That's a once in a lifetime unicorn rainbow type of thing where it's like that. No one is ever going to lay Derrick Henry out like that again. Yeah. But this is another one of those games too. I kind of just saw in red zone, so I can't really conceptualize much of it from mm-hmm. seeing it consistently, you know, on my screen. But the tight, the Giants pulled it off. They're over 500 for the first time in six years. And yep. it's no coincidence that that happens when Brian Dable is at the helm. You know, maybe he. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Put them in a better spot than I would have expected. Bit of a culture change, you know, yeah. Seems like kind of. Four wins, but. Yep. I don't know. I can still see that happening. Because, like, people like, they like to judge at first. And look what the, that's, that's true. And look what happened there, yeah. Brian Dable, way better football mind than Joe Judge. But it's the type of football game they win with Brian Dable at the at the helm instead of Joe. If they had Joe Judge at the helm of this game, they're not coming back from 13 down. They're getting blown yeah. out in this game. Like it's a different story, too. Like talking about you know, whether this holds up or not for the Giants. Like this is looks like a different Saquon. So that adds a whole different true yep. um, factor to the equation here. So we'll see how it holds up for the Giants. We'll see if the uh the Titans are on the way down, but it could uh, could definitely be reversed. We can see the Titans bounce back. We can see the Giants be a stinker mm-hmm. easily. So very true. We'll see what happens there. As I had an absolute meltdown in my brain trying to explain what I was trying to say to start there. Um, well, the next one's an easy one to recap. Yeah, just I mean, all Chiefs all the time. Chiefs are still here. So yep. um, unfortunately for them, Trent McDuffie's on IR for a bit. So their first round corners at like a minimum of four weeks, which sucks. You know, a team that lost Tyron Matthew and Traverius Ward in the secondary loses a uh, new piece, hoping to be their future. Um, he's out for a little while. But yeah, no Tyree kill, no problem. As you have said here, Patrick Mahomes completes nearly 77% of his passes, 360 yards, five touchdowns, targeted nine different receivers. Like, yeah, the Chiefs are still here. The yep. Cardinals, not a great start. But this is a team missing their number one receiver. So, you know, they're going to have some adjustments. Marquise Brown's going to have an adjustment. 
He looked uh, okay in his first game. No Christian Kirk either. Nope. The Cardinals might get off to a slow start. Which is not good because Claude doesn't come out for a couple months. So they got to get off to a hot start quick. Yeah, true. And then And then things fall apart. But yep. I had to explain that to my dad the other day too. He was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, there are like known statistics and studies have been done that when the new Call of Duty comes out or it's double XP weekend, Kyler Murray falls off a cliff. So yep. expect that. Like, <laughs> like you said, Mahomes is still here. Travis Kelsey, as everyone predicted, is going to have a massive year. Eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Like, no surprise there. He's the top guy now with, with no Tyree kill. But like you said, Mahomes spreads the ball around, and that offense looks as good as it has. Really, it really maybe as good as it did all of last season. Because obviously the Chiefs got off to a tough start last year and then turned it on late. Maybe they're going to head in the opposite direction this year and just blow doors to start the year and maybe falter as the year goes on. Show. We'll see, though. Um, speaking of AFC West teams, I expected this game to have, like, close to double this many points. Yeah, um, I would have bet the over in this game, absolutely. Yeah, but, I mean, Devontae Adams goes off, as we kind of quoted earlier. Justin Herbert looks like Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough start for Josh McDaniels to lose a close one, but, um, yeah, this is these are two powerhouse teams. It looks like it's going to be and put together a pretty solid game to start. But De- Devontae Adams, you know, being a star in this one, and Keenan Allen getting hurt. So you have one top receiver, not great, pretty good. Keenan Allen getting hurt uh, could only be a one-week thing. So that's I hope what the Chargers are hoping. I am yep. too. I have him on my team. He's not going to play tomorrow. I heard they've yeah. already ruled him out, so that's not great. I can't so. wait for tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun in that game. Yep. But yeah, the Chargers pull it off. Yeah, not much else to add. I mean, like you said, it hurts my fantasy team as well that that Keenan Allen is out. Um, so risk him a speedy recovery. Austin Eckler didn't have the greatest of performances, which was not ideal either. Um, but again, it's, it's Austin Eckler. He's a, a top back in the league. I expect him to bounce back. And like you said, Justin Herbert pretty much carried the load. He was targeting a bunch of different guys, which is kind of aggravating because I have Mike uh, Williams in one of my other leagues and he got like no targets until the end of the game. They had some guy named McKitty catching all the balls and, yeah, I was like, I don't even know what that was it. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't draw ridiculous him. A little bit. Gerald like Everett, whoever string. it was, like he's like that third string tight end. But I cast him around. I was like, yeah, he's still kind of young, unproven. Like yeah, it works Everett out. Donald Parham aren't like studs. It's not like they can't be overtaken. Injuries happen. You know, good guy off stash in my practice squad on my dynasty team. There you um, go. But I mean, yeah, 17 targets for Devontae Adams, 141 yards, 10 catches, and a TD. Uh, still nasty in case you might have forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings, I thought the Packers were going to be better. I know their you know, receivers are going to be a big thing this year, but I thought the Packers were going to be better. I'll say that. Nope. But I will give them a little bit of a break. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, two of their better offensive linemen, arguably their two best, and no Alan Lazard. So I'm not ready to hit the panic button on the Packers like some it's people are. It's going to be a work in progress for them, but this was a – probably as bad as a start as they could get off to. Like it did yeah. not look functional at all. And Aaron Rodgers, one game in already looked pissed off at all of his receivers. Yeah. So not great. Watson drop. Yeah. That was the killer. He did not look pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, but Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is that guy. Yep. My offensive player of the year, getting off I to a hot start. Times, I want everybody to hit the gritty after the, I, the gritty might be my favorite touchdown celebration ever of all like, time. I, I love it. I love it. I, especially the guys that are good at it. I hope, I hope like people who are bad at it, don't try to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I was going to say it's him and Chase. It. Yeah. To make it look cool. Do it every time, please do it every time. I think it's awesome. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I I can't say I expected Aaron Rodgers to throw no touchdown passes in week one. Yeah, I mean, he looked absolutely lost out there. Like like I said, nothing really nothing went right for Green Bay that entire game, um, which you really hate to see that. Like I'm really rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the great guy that he is. Like, but did did. Yeah, very weird guy. The freaking um, video of him and Caleb on Sunday conversation. He is cooked in that is video. He? Did you see not, his eyes? No, it's not surprising. Dude, he had. I'll, have, I'll have to go back and watch it after this. Like he I, looked, he looked blitz. Would surprise me if he was. Um, maybe yeah. he was during the game because he did not look okay in that game either. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his, uh, maybe his his interesting off season with all the stuff going on around his like love life and. Witch partner. girlfriend or whatever she is, yeah. Maybe she's messing with his head. Maybe she is hey, a witch. She's a succubus. Um, please don't curse us for watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what his girlfriend's name is, though, so oh, I can't yeah. really call that out in particular. Um, I was gassed on Sunday night, so I completely missed the Bucks and Cowboys game. It was I brutal. Was asleep. I was asleep. One and word to sum up: I would have fallen asleep watching the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like yep. So. Absolutely. I mean, this, this, the only reason I stayed up to watch it is to watch my fantasy football team crumble with Dak going out with an injury. Um, but I mean, the Cowboys look, I, I wanted to think they were going to have a better year. There were a lot of people, uh, my buddy Colby, we talked about it off air, uh, him and I, that he said it, don't expect the Cowboys to be good this season. He was all in on the Eagles. I thought the Cowboys would put up more of a fight. They look horrible. Like now without Dak, you you know, that that team's going to have to be carried by Zeke. And we saw at times last year when Dak was out. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Um, They had a couple of good runs at the start of the game. We're like, Oh wow, maybe Zeke's back. And then he fell off at the end of the, you know, CD lamb was pretty much non-existent. Um, You know, the bucks, I didn't think, you know, Brady didn't look all that great. He had had a solid game, Um, but there's still things to work out there. There really was, you know, playoff Lenny. He showed up, 21 carries, 127 yards. Lombardi um, Lenny. Lombardi, Lombardi Lenny. Lenny, sorry. Uh, Mike Evans had a nice touchdown catch. You know, Julio Jones had a couple of big grabs. But, like, that's that yeah. team's still a work in progress. I think the bigger storyline was just how absolutely abysmal the Cowboys looked. Like, yeah. they looked like a team that had never played football before. The Julio Jones, Tom Brady fever dream that anytime there were rumors yep. when Patriots Brady fans, yeah about them trading for Julio Jones. We all drained about it. Then Brady hits him deep down the right sideline. Like, oh, could have been. Like, what? Yeah. Back. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I missed this game. I was asleep. I was just gassed after a day of football and eating um, and having some cold ones. So I just passed out. Um, didn't mean to. Was looking forward to watching the game. I expected it to be a better game, but uh, I didn't miss a ton in terms of excitement factor here. So uh, shout out to Lombardi Lenny, though, King. Um, we're not going to talk about Broncos Seahawks again. So, nope, already on did. to the week two preview. Yeah. Steelers. Well, that's what, yeah. I mean, my big thing is I don't really know what to expect from the Steelers team. Again, their defense played really well against Cincinnati uh, with, the, like I said, the, the five takeaways and the seven sacks, or I might've had that number flipped. Um, I just said it a second ago. Where do I have it in the outline with all the stuff that they did? I'm losing my mind here. Whatever it was, people know they saw the game. Yeah, the five turnovers and seven sacks. It's it's getting late. I'm starting to lose it. Um, but that's what I don't know. I mean that I I don't like the Patriots' offense. I don't like Mitch Trubisky. So I don't know who to pick in this game. I don't really know what to expect from these two teams because it's it's two teams that are kind of kind of in similar spaces. Like Pittsburgh's yeah. offense, I wouldn't say is all that great. Their defense is phenomenal again, but 
Yeah. Cincinnati had all the chances in the world to win the games. So how good is Pittsburgh's yeah. team as a whole? Like, I don't know I what I to do with this. Mention, I wasn't laughing at you. I, I clicked on Twitter mm-hmm. one second. I see a video of a, a little kid doing this, like, crazy shootout move. And for anybody who's a hockey fan, you see the uh, not Danny Healy, he daddy Twitter account. It just goes, he says, I would bury this kid into the Zamboni garage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, all right oh man that was a good laugh um, yeah not yeah i mean condone, you... not condoning burying, burying like, kids yeah on the ice but yeah well if I it isn't of his head up i mean I just, I just wanted you to know that it wasn't laughing at you. okay it threw me off a little bit i'm like i know i'm struggling here to find the one stat i needed to, to discuss what i wanted to but oh god didn't think it was that bad but yeah i mean what you said it earlier you know Najee harris might not be 100 percent, so that kind of doesn't fully take away the the run threat, but I mean he's he's going to be uh, hampered a little bit. There's no TJ Watt, but again their defense was excellent. You know Mika Fitzpatrick had an interception. Uh, who was the had Alex Highsmith had three sacks, four quarterback hits, two forced uh, tackles for losses. So he was good in that game. So there's you know there's some definite weapons on the defensive end. Um, you know they have a ton of weapons offensively with Claypool, Johnson, Fryermuth had a pretty solid debut. Uh, on the season with five receptions and 75 yards, he was kind of the safety blanket for Trubisky. Uh, George Pickens, who I thought was going to maybe step up a little bit more, didn't really have a coming out party yet, so he's kind of still there. ton of weapons, but it is Mitch Trubisky. How much faith do you put in him as a quarterback? He was okay, you know, had 194 yards and a touchdown. Uh, no picks in that game against Cincinnati, but I don't know. Where are you at with this Pittsburgh team? Where are you at, you know, seeing them come up and line up against the Patriots? Because like I said, it's two teams that are kind of, Obviously, off to different starts. The Steelers one and zero, and the Patriots zero and one. But the Steelers could very easily be zero and one with how, you know, poorly at times they played in that game. And like I said, let Cincinnati walk back and walk back into it multiple times. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not optimistic about the offensive line until they give me a reason to. Okay. Even without TJ Watt, they have playmakers on defense. Um, I don't think this is going to be a fun game to watch for the offensive from an offensive line standpoint. Again. Um, which is just crazy to say with the team without TJ Watt, arguably the best defensive player in the league. But talking about defense, they're gonna they're gonna need. I don't care what team you're playing, they're gonna need guys like Bentley and Wise and Judon and hopefully others to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to just see blanket statement more from the secondary. I think there's still room for improvement, pretty much as a whole. Um, besides, really Kyle Duggar, you know, I think. This is a this is a new group, an unproven group. I'm gonna go back to the point. Like this is the first time the Patriots, personnel wise, haven't had two of the better corners in the league and Stephon Gilmore and JC Jackson for a long time. So it's gonna be an adjustment period. Like they're gonna have moments, but they're also gonna have crappy moments. So I'm hoping to just see some progression from anywhere. Like mm-hmm. I just wanna see them at least get progressively better uh with time. Dealing with George Pickens could be tough. Maybe he has his first breakout game. I hope not. Um, Chase Claypool, you know, gives him some options, obviously, as a pass catcher, but he can also work in the backfield a little bit. Pat Frymuth, really, I'd say the best chance at a breakout season for young tight end this year. Um, He's got off to a pretty good start, so hopefully they can contain him. And hopefully they can limit Najee Harris because, I mean. That was going to be my question. With with a foot injury he could still go bananas on this team. He can catch passes as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I think is, you know, at least to start however long he starts this year is going to be serviceable enough. So you need to 
avoid that this week. You need to get in his face and make him look like the Mitch Trubisky of old. Yep. And I think they can do that. So that's that's my beacon of hope. I think, you know, if the pass rush is good enough and, like I said, we can get some improvement from the secondary in some areas, I think we can limit Mitch Trubisky and win this game. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm counting on because I'm, I'm just really not optimistic about the offense. I think Mika no. Fitzpatrick is going to be Mika Fitzpatrick. They have Cam Hayward, Ogun Joby, um, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, all guys that can – you know, with great efficiency, get to the quarterback. Even Cam Award as he as he gets much older, I think he's like 34, 35, and he's still playing pretty good. Um, I have I have concerns, but I mean, it just sucks. I wish we had the offensive line from last year. Or like yep, two it'd years make ago. things so much easier. It I'd be saying Patriots by ten probably. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I have I have some concerns, and I hope this isn't uh, George Pickens' regular season coming breakout to game. Yeah, so. That would be fun. Um, Gunnar Olszewski revenge game. That's oh what, god, that's the real. That's what the real issue. Forget is. that he. Oh, could you imagine if he returns me. returns a punt or something for a touchdown? Oh god. Uh, um, turn the game off. No, but that's you. I'm glad you mentioned the quarterback stuff, but that's kind of my. I was going to echo your point of I 100 percent with you. I've people that know me have listened to me know that I have just zero faith in Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback. Um, is 0-1 in his career against the Patriots. Did have a game against them back on uh, back in 2018. On the 21st of October, two touchdowns, two picks, two sacks. So obviously, like you mentioned, the key to the to stopping him then was getting to him and making him uncomfortable with two interceptions and the two sacks. They have to do that again. He can run a little bit, did have six rushes for 81 yards and a touchdown in that game. So maybe that's a little surprising uh, for Mitch Trubisky. But that's the big thing. It might be kind of dumb to say, but this whoever wins this game is going to come down to the quarterback play. Can you protect Mac Jones on the Patriots side of things? And can you – like you said, get in Mitch Trubisky's face, make him look like Mitch Trubisky of old, um, make him really struggle. And maybe, you know, you, you capitalize on some turnovers and make some, have them make some mistakes that the Dolphins didn't make. Um, and again, like the big thing with the protection of Mac Jones, here's a stat I was looking for. Even without TJ Watt, the Steelers still had six sacks, 10 quarterback hits, three tackles for losses and two forced fumbles uh, without, you know, TJ Watt making, you know, any plays when it came to that stuff. He had a good game before he went out as well. But again, you never root for an injury for somebody, but that's obviously a huge loss for them. And we've seen it in the past. The Patriots have struggled with premier running backs. I throw Najee Harris into that category. So if he's hindered, it helps. Again, it makes the game, you know, a little less worthwhile because you have these star players that are out or or limited with what their injuries are. But maybe the Patriots will catch some breaks there when it comes to those two guys not being 100%. Yeah. I'm expecting like a like 60-yard two-touchdown game for Najee Harris. Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be the X factor. I feel like Mitch Trubisky – I feel like it's going to be a Mitch Trubisky game. You know, we talk about Belichick against, like, certain types of quarterbacks is really good or rookie head co- head coaches. After – I think he took – that was, like, the fifth loss of his career as a head coach against a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. He's not going to take too kindly to that. But um, and he's going to – I think he's going to limit Mitch Trubisky quite a bit. But I think they're going to do enough to beat the Patriots. I think Najee Harris is going to be a big reason for that. I think he'll get in the end zone once or twice, and that'll prove to be, you know, a big rallying point for them to win this game. Okay. Um, I wonder in the running, uh, the you know, the ground game on the other side, if we see Pierre Strong, I don't know how long they're going to keep him inactive, mm-hmm. but I wonder if they look for a change of pace after, you know, it was kind of tough for Harris and Stevenson to get going in week one, or if they just, you know, keep the – keep the ball rolling there. Um, you know, in time Montgomery, who's a running option, if you need him out, maybe they want to put Pierre Strong, maybe JJ Taylor. 
I don't know how they feel about either of them. Maybe Kevin Harris. I doubt it, you know, given the fact that he had kind of a quiet preseason and he's probably going to be in the practice squad for the year, most yep. of the year. But, um, yeah, I feel like this is going to be an ugly game. I think the Steelers are going to win it on the ground with their defense. And, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be – I think this is going to be another tough game to watch. But, um, you know, before we get into predictions, I think the injury report from today is worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jawan Bentley did not participate. So that's not great. Oh, uh, he's got a toe injury. Uh, Josh Bledsoe was limited with a groin injury. Adrian Phillips with a rib injury was limited, but he did speak to the media. Um, Cole Strong, as they have listed here. <laughs> um, just, that's thank good. God he is a shoulder injury and not Cole Strange. Yeah, um, that's, yep. <laughs> just kidding. Cole uh, is a typo, whoever put this out. Um, yeah, Cole Strange is limited with a shoulder injury. Sean Wade limited with an ankle injury. Uh, Mac Jones, full participation, which is a good sign. Uh, yep. With his back injury, I saw back spasms thrown around. Um, TJ Watt on the other side with the pack injury. Um, I think he said like someone picked up on the broadcast. Like he's like, I tore my pack at one point. <laughs> so he wasn't optimistic from the start. If that's true. Um, Mason Cole limited with an ankle injury. Najee Harris limited with a foot injury. Levi Wallace limited with an ankle and Rob Spillane full participation with an eye injury. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, the eye or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he played against who was it on, uh, Who's that? That Darcy Kemper got a stick in the eye from. Maybe he uh, was playing oh, I don't know. hockey and uh, got a stick to the eye. Whacked. Goalie. Um, but yeah, that's the injury report. I'm going 23-17 Steelers. Um, that last game has me down. I think the Steelers are going to pull this one out on the ground and on defense. I'm expecting a touchdown or two from Najee Harris. I don't know if we're going to get the George Pickens like breakout game, but maybe like a you know like quasi breakout game better than. You know, as far as some know, sort of showing, yeah. Them. Yep. But I think he, him or Claypool definitely could, but uh, make some noise. But I'm going a ground game for the Steelers. They pull it off, uh, 23 to 17, and I feel gross saying that, but that's just where the vibes are, where I'm feeling. And all uh, right, their defense is still going to be able to make some noise. I hope you are wrong, and I'm going to pick that you are wrong. I too have the Patriots scoring 17 points, but I have the Steelers scoring 13. Like you said, I think this is going to be a disgusting game to watch. I think you're going to have a lot of drives that just kind of end in nothing because I think this is where those these two teams are offensively right now. Like, again, the Steelers, I don't think, did anything all that spectacular. Patriots definitely didn't do anything spectacular. This is – I'm with you. It's going to come down to the running back. It's going to come down to who can protect their quarterback. Um, and the Patriots, you know, they've had some success historically over the years in Pittsburgh. For whatever reason, they seem to play well there. And the fact that if people go back to our preseason predictions – I can't have the Patriots starting off 0-4. Like, they, they got to sneak in a win here somewhere. Like, I think this is a game with everything that went wrong and you know, all the noise they might be hearing right out of the gate. I think this is a game where they get a little couple of things right here and there and they're able to squeak out a win that maybe, you know, isn't the, the prettiest of games and then hopefully get your hopes up for the Baltimore game coming up. But who knows? Yeah. We'll take it one step at a time here and, and hope for a win. Yeah, I'm just praying the – back injury doesn't get re-aggravated exactly if that happens then like, i'm nervous i am nervous he feels good but like i feel like one hit can just easily make things bad again mm-hmm. i'm nervous about mac this week and that's part of the reason i'm you know a little more leaning towards the steelers pulling it off okay i, I can know, see that like, yeah i'm not like factoring it into my prediction but like i don't know it just kind of i think you can to some degree down. like yeah it's it's not a great place to be in right now. Like, even if, like you said, he's saying all the right things, you got to think like 
If he gets back there and he's holding holding onto the ball for a couple seconds too long, maybe the thought of that, you know, backbreaking hit where you got, like I said, we talked about upended two separate ways. Like you got to think that's going to come back into his mind. I know he probably has all the the confidence in the world in Trent Brown, but like with all the stuff that Brown is kind of saying and stuff that he's done, like maybe he's wearing thin a little bit there and there's some, some concerns. I don't know. Like I, he might look confident, Mac Jones, on the outside, but you got to think there's maybe some concerns for him going into this game. Like, I, I need all the protection I can get because if I get hit once or twice, like you said, and this back goes again, then there's going to be severe problems and yeah, no, things are going to be bad. He's going to be a little more conservative with like how quickly he gets the ball. Yeah, maybe to, some more check downs and like stuff, that. like you said. So I wonder, I wonder how they're going to, you know, if they're going to play a little bit more conservative offensively or look at things different to. Keep Mac Jones Hopefully, out of situations yep. where he gets bundled. Keep him um, upright. Yeah. So that's my hope. I feel like the Steelers are going to squeak it out, though. I I can't dodge it. I can't be like, no, nah, the Steelers, the Patriots are going to win. I can't change my prediction. I got to go with my gut here. And my gut is, unfortunately, has the Patriots starting going too. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. Um, anything else we want to touch on before we wrap things up? I mean, I will Don't say so. for anybody watching right now and hoping for hockey – uh, we'll have some stuff probably next week. There's some storylines from rookie camp and um, DeBrusque, hopefully for the last time being asked about his trade request, but nope. nothing like we absolutely have to jump on right now. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk about storylines like that next week. If we really want to just touch on them quickly, like maybe when we're talking a little bit heading into the, the post or the preseason, um, maybe some other storylines to come out of training camp, uh, rookie camp and all that. Training camp starts next Wednesday too, so maybe we'll have some just first day training camp notes to go along with maybe some Bruins talk next week. So that's going to wrap it up for episode 111 of the Savage and Christ Sports Podcast here for you again. Like I said, another Wednesday night. Um, dropping on Thursdays for anybody new listeners, we drop them uh, early Thursday morning. So yeah, if you want to catch up or if you miss part of the show, you can listen anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, you can find us on TikTok at Salvaggio and Crowdy. Just throw that into the search bar to find us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Crowdy. You can follow Ryan at Ryan underscore Salvaggio. You can follow the show at Sal and Crowdy Pod. Um, like I said, you can find us anywhere. So, you know, you have that option if you need it. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, be nice to people. Download the full press coverage app, check out all the other full press content, um, and follow along on Twitch and YouTube. And, uh, We'll see you next week. Peace out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.